Hello and welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. My name's Hayley and today I am joined by the lovely Stacey. Hi Stacey. Hi Hayley. Right now we have our Socially Anxious to Quietly Confident course open for applications. This has really got us thinking about when we are wanting to stretch our comfort zones, take on a new challenge, maybe take a course, maybe join the blue tits like Stacey you've done recently. <laughs> I have. <laughs> a comfort zone stretch there. <laughs> Absolutely. All of these things, they evoke a roller coaster of emotions within us. And it's actually really hard to make that decision to do something and then once you've committed to doing that, there's a there's still an emotional roller coaster to go through right. afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. So today we're going to be mapping all that out for you, um, giving you some, well, a, a map so that you're able to identify like where in that process you are, what it is that you need, how to hold some acceptance around it, mm-hmm. um, just to really help you get through those moments so that you can take those very first steps of, you know, considering when you want to do something to be able to then make the decision to then actually be able to show up in that first instance because it's in these two spaces particularly that we're going to focus on today where you might feel a little bit vulnerable to um, you know moving back into um, you know self-protective strategies and behaviors of wanting to keep yourself safe and keep yourself hidden Um, so it's really really vital and important that we that we acknowledge those moments and know that one they're completely normal and two that there are tools that we can use to help us get through them which is really what our socially anxious to quietly confident course is really going to equip you with Um, so we'll obviously touch on what those things are today but if you are interested in learning how to implement those tools then we really do recommend that you come onto this course absolutely so let's begin with your blue tit story, Stacey. Okay. <laughs> okay. So some of you may have already seen like an email that I put out a couple of weeks ago um, where I started to share my, my blue tit story. Um, so about a month ago, uh, well, actually, let, let me take it back. About a year ago, I decided that I would like to start sea swimming. Um, because I knew I was going to be moving to a new house and I was going to be close to the sea and I really wanted to make the most of living where I was going to be living, Um, you know, really embracing that that experience of where I was going to be. Um, So I knew I wanted to start swimming, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. (laughs) There were so many anxieties of fears around what if people saw me, what if I was doing it wrong, will I be wearing the right things, you know, all those very typical socially anxious thoughts that that were coming up around uh, judgments that I thought that people would make about me. Um, So obviously I avoided it for quite a while. Um, There was also, you know, the element of I don't really want to do it like I, I, I was like afraid to meet other people to do it with, but I also really didn't want to go alone because that didn't feel like the safest, safest thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. we are talking about the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and you are talking about the ping pong stage here. So this is like yes. the back and forth, back and forth. You know, you really want to do something, but your head's telling you can't do it and making up all these stories about what could go <laughs> wrong and like how people will judge you. And then you're going into self-protection mode. But really, you want to take action. Yes, yes. And 
well what you described there was just yeah exactly what I was going through there was I I actually had days where I was like right I'm gonna go do it um you know I took out all my swim stuff and I was about to to put it all on and then would just be like nah (laughs) there was always a reason why I couldn't do it on those days and I think I probably did that about five times throughout the last year of being like I'm gonna go swimming I'm gonna go do it I'm gonna do it and then in the last minute just you know talk myself out of it um so like you said yeah there's definitely that that ping pong type thing going on where it's I really do want to do this I knew it was Mm. something that I wanted to do but I just didn't quite know how to do it yet and just all the fears were just really present they were very present um so after a year of considering um (laughs) wanting to do it um actually at one point I decided to convince myself that actually it just wasn't that important to me and that it wasn't something that I wanted to do um I I could live without it I I don't have to swim Uh, (laughs) but I I knew deep down that you know in in my heart there was always like you know you want to do this and I think I just reached the point where I don't think I'd actually left the house for a few days and I was just like I just felt like I was wasting like the opportunity of where I was living and was like right start swimming Stacey just you know find a way to do it so um that's then when I started to explore how how I could actually approach this um so I did actually use our comfort zone stretch workbook so great tool and obviously in the course again this is what we're going to be using to help other people to go through this process and actually map out what their small steps are first so for me what that looked like was I was just going to join the blue tits like my local blue tits Facebook group I was like all I gotta do first step is just join (laughs) I don't have to do anything else yet just join the group and then that's the first step done um then I decided that okay the next thing would be to just put a post out to introduce myself and you know just see you know, what other people were kind of doing, where other people were swimming, what type of days, what time of days, and just get a feel for who was in that local group. Mm. Um, And then (laughs) this all actually happened quite fast for me. And I I will say that this was probably a bit too quick than what I'd actually anticipated. Um, But I put out my post. I did mention in my post um, on on the Blue Tits group that I was feeling quite anxious about it. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and that I was hoping that by joining the Blue Tits that maybe that would help give me the, or like help increase that sense of courage within me to actually get in the water Mm. and to have some people to do that with. And within, I think about 10 minutes, I probably had about five people respond, inviting me out for a swim, (laughs) which I was not prepared for in the slightest. Um, And then I ended up agreeing to meet someone that very night. So I think I had about two hours in between actually joining the Blue Tits, putting out a post and then going to go meet two people for a swim. Um, I think... I would probably recommend for people to not go that quickly when it comes to comfort zone stretching. <laughs> okay. Like e- even for me and like I've I've been practicing like the, the tools that I had to use for quite a while and even that was a bit too much and I'd forgotten that actually I could say no and you know stick to what my plan was. Um but I didn't in that 
in that instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I agreed to go for a swim for, okay, this is happening. And then I entered what we call the freak out stage. Okay. Before we can move on to the freak out stage, yes. <laughs> let's just go over the steps that you've already shared that you've taken. So mm-hmm. I really like the fact that you set these little steps with no expectations at all. It's like, I'm just going to join the group. I don't have to post. And then I'm just going to introduce myself. I don't have to go swimming. I don't have to reply even. Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. Excellent. So you mentioned that you told the group that you felt anxious. Mm-hmm. Why? Why was it important to t- tell the whole group that you felt anxious? It was important because I, I specifically wanted to be approached by people who um, would understand that there, that, that that I did feel anxious, um, mm. and you know that anxiety was. I think I mentioned that it wasn't just about the swimming part; it was also the meeting new people. Um, so I, I only really wanted to be approached by people who would read that and would be accepting of that and would understand that. So, and and thankfully, like what's happened for me is that the the people that I have met, I think as, as a result of them reading that and probably being like, oh, I, I relate to that. And, you know, I welcome you. <laughs> yeah. I, I formed a really, really nice group of people that I now swim with on a regular basis. And we're all so supportive of one another. And um, our group has actually, you know, grown in size because of other people who then, since I've joined as well, put out a post saying that they were feeling anxious and that they were quite shy and they were a bit worried about meeting new people um and yeah approaching specifically those people as well to be like come join our little group (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it was really important for me to to make that known um so that I knew I was going to be meeting people who were understanding and compassionate about perfect yeah Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that Stacey and then you say you forgot that you could say no (laughs) yes so you know what would you have said no to what actually was the plan what did you have written down okay so my plan was um to arrange a swim for like so I, I I joined on the Sunday my plan was to arrange a swim for either like a Tuesday or a Wednesday so that I had a few days to prepare myself essentially um so that that was the plan and then obviously I said yes to someone who offered to go for a swim that very evening which was partly because it was a full moon that night which I wasn't aware of and like the temptation of oh a full moon swim sounds really appealing Mm -hmm. um so it, it was partly because I also wanted that aspect but actually when I think like the following day when I thought back about it I was like it probably still would have been the better decision to be like I'll go on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday I see and just leave leave that yeah that very first one um so we've got our comfort zone and if we imagine a circle we've got our little comfort zone mm -hmm. and then around the comfort zone we've got the learning zone or the stretch zone and then beyond that we've got another circle and this is the panic zone yes (laughs) so it sounds like you may have been edging into the panic zone by going for a nighttime swim. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. 
and 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 this is you know once I recognized that I was like yeah I I, I should have you know stuck to my plan and been like no I'll I'll agree to the swim on Tuesday and say no to the one that same night because what did happen with that short amount of time between you know having just signed up having just put out a post and then like I said earlier like there was only two hours between doing that and then actually meeting two new mm. people and going for a swim that's a really short amount of time like that is really a short amount of time um so you know I knew I was going to feel anxious anyway regardless of like what day it would have been um or how long the space would have been between making that decision and actually doing it but because the time was was so short I think like the intensity of the that anxiety definitely accelerated so I very quickly moved from I suppose what I would say being in a state of anxiety that would have been manageable to then going straight into panic mode yeah so it was definitely a, a step too far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important to note that actually this is what we tend to do in life. We mm. think, yeah, we can go and take on this challenge and we jump in the deep end and we end up feeling overwhelmed, feeling like we're drowning. <laughs> and, uh, and then we freak ourselves out and we don't go back and do it again. So Mm. it's really important to take those smaller steps and work up to that. Like if you had been going on your swims for a little while, probably now, if you were asked to go on a nighttime swim, you would be comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be second guessing that at all now because, you know, I've been doing it for a month now. I've been sticking with my plan since then, (laughs) (laughs) since since that one little hiccup. Um, And, and yeah, like the, the, the anxiety is, gone I would say almost like with that with the social aspect anyway um so the comfort zone has definitely increased I would say when it comes to this and so that's been great um well done and yeah that's just a month <laughs> that's amazing it is yeah I, even within that first week I, I'd felt that it had already expanded and you know th- there were still some waves of anxiety that were there but they were definitely lesser less intense than that very very first night <laughs> yeah <laughs> how many swims do you feel like it took for you to start feeling calmer about it good question I think it was for me it was about nine swims in which I think was about two weeks okay so that was two weeks of doing it regularly, um, which again was part of my plan because I knew I might also have a tendency to do it just that one time. And then this is another part of the process, like where all that shame comes in afterwards yeah. and then not go back again. So it was important to me to stick to my plan of scheduling regular swims with people so that I kept going because I knew the only way that I would start to feel comfortable with the whole situation um was to keep doing it (laughs) yeah absolutely okay so we've spoken about comfort zone stretching as process we've spoken about the ping pong stage (laughs) (laughs) um so let's talk a little more about the freak out stage what is it Stacey 
Okay, so the freakout stage is when you agree to something, you've made that decision, you've said yes, and then you go, I'm going to spare, I'm sorry, but this is what my mind goes. You go, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got to do this now. Um, so this is the bit where, you know, that wave of anxiety, like the chances are you're going to feel that wave of anxiety come in. And for some of us that might feel like panic we mm-hmm. could go into a state of panic um yeah your mind just races with all those questions of like I can't well not even questions it's it's statements of I can't do this what am I doing what on earth am I doing like what did I think <laughs> why did I think that I could do this <laughs> um and in fact for me like if, if I go back to like my blue tit story I I found myself sat on my toilet like seat down or sat on the toilet just in the bathroom and I very quickly went from I can't do this to I'm never going to be able to do this so that level of like catastrophizing really kicked in as well that it was not just I can't do it in this one instance it was I'm never going to be able to do this like yeah I'm so stupid why am I doing this like why did I think I could do this um those are really like the the main things that kept going around my head and yeah I think I just I kept calling myself like stupid and a dickhead and I do apologize for all the swearing but this is my (laughs) my, my internal chat (laughs) it's it's not very nice um and and yeah just I think I felt like a failure part of that as well actually was you know obviously for that one moment I thought oh no I can do this I can give this a go and then all those doubts and those fears come in and it was like no I can't and now I'm a failure and I'm never going to be able to do it so that was definitely one thing to acknowledge and and I think like move into a space of compassion with yeah let's talk about how how the freak out stage was showing up for you Okay, so in this particular instance, it was definitely a panic state. The panic monster. <laughs> the panic monster, yes. The panic monster definitely rid its, its ugly head in that instance. Um, so, yeah, and like I said earlier, it was that very accelerated sense of anxiety because of how quickly it was all happening. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a panic monster situation. Um, <laughs> but I have also noticed that there are other other forms of freak out that we can go through. So there's there's other ways in which it can show up. So again, another little story from a couple of days ago. Um, my partner asked me if um, we wanted to go meet a few of his friends, and these were some people that I think I'd only met one of them maybe once before. But there was going to be two other people there that I'd never met before. First of all, I did say yes. So again, I'd made that decision. I just said yes, you know, because there was a part of me that did want to go. I thought, yeah, okay, that would be quite nice. Nice way to spend the evening. Um, But then straight after that, the freakout stage came in and all these reasons as to why I couldn't go. And I started reeling off these reasons. And my partner, like I could see this look on his face where he was kind of looking like he was trying not to laugh. Um, And he was just like, Stacey, those aren't even good excuses. So I definitely knew what I was doing. He knew what I was doing as well. Into porky pig mode, trying to <laughs> convince myself of all the reasons why 
why it's not a good idea or why I can't go. So yeah, this is obviously when we try to tell it, well, we make up stories basically to get ourselves mm-hmm. out of those situations. And I know I've done that a lot in the past. Um, that is probably actually my most common form of freak out is all the stories that come up and the reasons to get me out of something after saying yes in the first place and this one's really subtle as well isn't it Mm. you don't always know that this is happening and I think one of the most common excuses that we come up with is that we're busy we're too busy we can't possibly fit this into our lives I I have to say I'm very guilty of this one I'm definitely a porky pig (laughs) I think most of us are porky pigs (laughs) but I think that actually it's really easy to make ourselves busy to Mm. keep ourselves so busy that we can't possibly do these things that we actually really want to do at our hearts and it's just another way to avoid it isn't it it is exactly because especially like if if you believe all the reasons that you're saying as well yeah um so for example like I've even felt physically ill to back up the story of I don't feel very well to then avoid a situation just because I've been feeling anxious about it and and then after like you, you, you're, you know, you're out of having to go to that situation, you miraculously start to feel okay again afterwards. <laughs> and you know, a part of that is levels of anxiety can, can make us feel a Definitely. little bit unwell, but it, it also can become a really good reason to get us out of, of showing up to things because we're feeling anxious about them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, the porky pig, excuses finding reasons making up stories is definitely another way yeah definitely a big a big um freak out or strategy shall we say that that I've used yeah it's it is a good avoidance strategy I did Mm -hmm. use that a lot because I was so Mm -hmm. nervous about doing something and really wanted to avoid it when I had to do a presentation yeah and you know great I got out of it but (laughs) you know I, I didn't learn and I didn't grow and I eventually had to face that because I had to go and do a degree or I really wanted to go and do a degree mm. and my fear of presentations and all the excuses that I had that I couldn't do them just kept holding me back from the thing that I wanted to achieve yeah it's just putting it off isn't it it's, it's prolonging the the anxiety about those situations <laughs> yeah at some point if you want to grow and you want to achieve the things that you want to achieve you have no choice but to face that discomfort to be with that anxiety for long enough to move through it and prove Mm. to yourself that you can do these things so those excuses really do hold us back and and I think this is where we end up feeling like we're falling behind in life yes such such a big thing for anyone experiencing social anxiety that sense of falling behind and you know not being able to go to university or not being able to get that job or get the progression in your career that you really want or get that relationship and a lot of the time it boils down to these excuses that we are telling ourselves that are often happening very unconsciously and we're not really picking up on the real problem the real anxiety Mm. but once we kind of open the curtains and we can see what's really happening there we can see that it is a avoidance tactic then we have the power to do something about it. That awareness is key. 
Absolutely. And that's what I described with, um, you know, when I was saying that I convinced myself that going like starting sea swimming wasn't important to me. Yeah. That that was that that porky pig <laughs> showing up that very subtle way of like, oh, it doesn't matter. I can I can get by. It's not it's not important. Um, but it was important. It was important. And it just yeah. prolonged that that sense of anxiety of when am I going to do it? when is it going to happen? And once I realized that actually I was just feeling very anxious about it, I was able to start, okay, I can make a plan. Let's, yeah. let's explore ways in which I can move through the anxiety that I'm feeling so that I can actually do the thing that I want to. How do you feel now looking back and going, God, I could have been sea swimming 11 months and two weeks ago and feeling comfortable with it? <laughs> well, the, the, there is a part of me that's okay that it took a year. I think it's um I, I I can hold acceptance for that because yeah. I just recognize okay I, I I felt anxious and that's okay there's there's nothing wrong with that um it's, it's very normal I acknowledged it I noticed it and I moved through it and now I'm doing what I wanted to do there is also another part that was like damn I really could have done that a lot sooner <laughs> missed out for a whole year (laughs) (laughs) okay I want to know about the third way that freak out shows up yes so this one um I'm gonna laugh because actually I find this one probably the most uncomfortable um for me anyway and this is what we've called the crocodile so (laughs) the third way that the freak out can show up is through a feeling of like frustration or irritability perhaps you catch yourself being a bit snappy with other people um, or even maybe with yourself Mm. and so again I noticed this I was doing this the other day (laughs) I have a lot of these stories by the way so the freak out is something that I experience quite often um so again I, I caught myself doing this with my partner the other day where we were on our way to meet some some other people and I was just getting yeah very snappy at him and like just feeling very very irritable and almost a little bit angry but it was was definitely more of a a frustrated feeling um and reflecting back on that I can see that I was definitely trying to create some form of conflict almost between us so that I didn't have to go it's almost like I I don't know if it's the same with everyone but for me it was almost about having like creating a situation where someone would tell like push me out of the situation Mm. or be like you're not welcome to come anymore I I don't know like it's it's definitely like a a self-defensive yeah that's the word that was coming up for me it's yeah. very defensive and I think that this is something that we can feel instead of feeling the fear yeah there's almost that idea of um fear fear feels vulnerable doesn't it and mm. you know within our society we hold a lot of misconceptions that vulnerability is a sign of weakness so you know if if anger is seen as being a, like something strong then and fear is being seen as something vulnerable it's very easy to see why we might move into anger more than than feel the fear yeah pack down the fear and sort of bypass that and get to the anger mm. 
Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. So this is your snappy crocodile mode. Yes, <laughs> snappy <laughs> crocodile mode. And recognizing that again, that's just another another way that that freakout stage is is showing up. It's still trying to find a way of avoiding the situation. It's, yeah, you know, it's it's just another another approach that that we might unconsciously choose to take. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got the panic monster, we've got the porky pig, and the snappy croc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, that's really good. So I think that's really helpful to have those things to hold on to, so that you can see when they're coming up in you and really get curious and ask those questions about you know what is this what's it trying to do for me mm. and like you say often it just wants us to move into that protective mode go back into avoidance crawl back under a rock you know it's too scary it's too big it's too hard we can't possibly do this let's run away and hide and not even give it a go but mm. you deserve more you deserve to give yourself a chance Absolutely. You, you deserve to have all those experiences that you want. So how can we help ourselves when we are experiencing the freak out? We've made this decision. Now we're in freak out. What do we do? Okay. So for me, I found the best, um, the best route to take is to really bring into practice those anxiety calming um, techniques mm. that that I've learned over the last few years so the first thing I did was that if, if I go back to my blue tit story I'm the panic monsters there I'm in that freak out stage the first thing I did was to actually acknowledge okay I'm feeling anxious and I'm freaking out so the first step is definitely awareness and acknowledgement um, and acceptance to know that actually that's that's okay so there's bringing in an element of self-compassion there of okay it's it's okay that I'm freaking out it's okay yeah yeah yes and I do actually physically say this to myself because it helps to just hear the hear the words it's okay um I do tend to hug myself as well <laughs> yeah that's nice some self-soothing yes and um, from there once I've once I've acknowledged that I know then that I can move into um, actively calming myself down so this is then when I will bring in breathing practices and start to alter my breathing so if I'm in that high panic state then I'll usually begin with some like really slow exhales and just mm. do a lot of sighing to initially like get the get the breath out and then move into some more balanced breathing um, I also tend to try and actively help the anxiety release like from my body. So if, if we look at that in terms of like, there's lots of anxious energy being stored and rushing around in, in your muscles and in your body, I'll physically like shake myself to try and help release some of that and even cry if I need to. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'll just continue to tell myself that it's okay and to keep implementing those those calming techniques bring in a bit of mindfulness so redirecting my attention um, externally focus on something outside of myself um, so yeah those little mindful bits to help engage some other senses I think that's all I did to initially to initially like bring 
bring the anxiety down um Mm -hmm. so to get myself calm and then from there it's you can then start to I think challenge some of those thoughts that you're having so turning the statements into questions and so what what did I say obviously I was saying that like I can't do this I'm never going to be able to do this and that turned into well what if I do do this And it's, it's those what if questions that are really, really important and really helpful. Yeah. What if? Because then, then you open up space for possibility. Um, so they turned into a what if questions. You know, what if I can do this? What happens if I do? And and then also like, you know, what if I did do this? How how amazing might I feel afterwards? And how proud I'm going to be? So there's almost like a projection, mm. like a future projection as well of what I'm going to gain from from doing this situation or whatever it is that you're trying to do um so that got me out the door (laughs) and then as I was approaching um you know so that very initial bit just before you're about to show up to something again it was just a a real focus on breathing and where my attention was so that external mindful based attention of paying attention to the trees as I was walking down the road um just feeling the wind and just yeah redirecting my attention outside of myself keeping yourself in the present Mm -hmm. yes that's it (laughs) yeah it can be really helpful to also think about you know what will I lose or miss out on if I don't do this like what opportunities am I letting pass me by and for how long am I willing to do that yes yes I mean I had definitely reached the point where I was like I'm not willing to wait any longer (laughs) I knew it was something that I wanted to do and I must admit in in that situation it was I'm either going to do this now or I'm not so there was that there was a sense of motivation and drive there to you know cultivate a bit of courage you put a bit of a deadline on it. Yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned courage. And I think a lot of us can feel like, you know, I'm not a courageous person, but it's not a type of person. Courage isn't a type of person. It's mm. a strength that every single one of us has. We might use it to different degrees, but we all have access to that, you know, beautiful well of courage that we have deep inside of us. And I think sometimes we can misinterpret what courage is. You know, it's really not an absence of fear, but we can expect it to be. Courage only happens when there is fear. And it's then that you can really tap into that courage and take that action, do that thing that you want to do. And I feel like it can be really helpful to think about who do I want to be? We so often think, That's a nice like, question. what do people like me do? And when we think about who we are, we think, you know, I'm anxious. I'm quiet. I'm introverted. I can't possibly talk to people. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. We focus in on all the things that we feel is wrong with us, all the things that we think we can't do. And, you know, if we just stripped back all of that anxiety, if we weren't anxious about anything, if we weren't afraid of failing, what would we be doing? What would you be doing? Yeah, it's very easy for us to get caught up in 
identifying with with our fears as opposed to what's the actual mm. thing that that we want to do or the, or the reason why we feel scared not not the fear itself I mean obviously we all have the the capacity to feel fear um so it's a normal part of being who we are but it's not who we are it's a normal part of our human experience but it's not who we are it's a feeling it's something that will come mm. and go in and out like the sea going back to your mindfulness technique Stacey I think it can be really helpful to think about who are we when we're at our best if it was our best self turning up that person who you know you were using all those skills that you have to manage those anxious feelings you were bringing forth your strongest courage who would you be like if you were your best possible self what would you do how would you act write about it visualize it see it happening really make that something very colorful for you Mm. yeah Mm. make it clear something tangible that you can actually hold on to again I feel like so so many of us like when we start to explore these things we don't tend to have a very clear picture as to what that version of us is or we have a clear picture of the other version everything that could go wrong we really put effort and time into thinking about that (laughs) our imaginations are great with that (laughs) so we deserve to equally put the effort and time into thinking about you know what if things went the way that we want them to go what if we really enjoyed ourselves and uh, cultivate that hope Mm, absolutely yeah make that Mm. the clear picture so we've cultivated all of our hope and our courage and we've gone and we've taken action so tell me about the aftermath for you Stacey (laughs) (laughs) so the aftermath this is the other bit that we need to be very mindful of and to you know acknowledge recognize and accept because the aftermath is the bit that comes obviously after (laughs) after you've done the thing you want to do and this is where we start to replay everything so we start to go over and over in our heads of analyzing and you know breaking apart every tiny little action we made everything that we said that we thought we shouldn't have said um we start ruminating over it and we start making up those stories about what other people are thinking of us or what they must be thinking and this is really where we can head into to what Brene Brown describes as being a shame spiral so for example with me the day after I did the blue tits or like that first swim that full moon swim um I spent a lot of time the following day (laughs) thinking like I said some stupid things I also went into like I wasn't loud enough mm-hmm. so you know I was being too quiet that that classic shame response that many of us have um you know also because it was my first time going in the sea that I, I was really cold and I actually struggled to stay in the sea so I was only in there a short amount of time and I was shivering the whole time so the following day I was also like oh god I made such a fool out of myself um so just all, all these thoughts of how wrong everything went. Like at that point, I don't think I was really focusing on anything good that I had, had experienced, which there were plenty of, of good things as well. But my mind was just so focused on everything that I felt that was wrong, you know, with myself and then making up stories about how everybody else would have been judging me and thinking that I was an idiot 
Um, and that I was too quiet. <laughs> and therefore they would never want to swim with me again. Um, it's interesting to see how those thoughts spiral too. Yes, 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 exactly. So it went from, you know, not just the one situation again, mm. it blew out of proportion to like, yeah, never again. You, you've made some <laughs> meaning out of you being quiet and, you know, as, associated something negative with that and then decided that everybody thinks something negative about you and therefore you cannot possibly show your face again (laughs) yes and that's the thing isn't it because then you reach the point of like you've got another decision to make and you know there there was a strong part that was like I can't go back I can't I can't do this again I don't want to do this again Um, but I did, I did want to do it again. I knew I really wanted to, but it's just that, again, that fear coming in of like, you know, I don't want to go back because I feel Mm. embarrassed. And it can be a cycle because what you're describing is coming back around to the contemplation stage, that ping pong ball stage where you're like, Mm -hmm. I really want this. Don't know if I can do it. Yeah, it does. It it does go around in a cycle. So, you know, really learning how to move through these stages as you can probably start to imagine now is really key um because that is what keeps us going and gets us to that point where that comfort zone does start to expand and start to grow you know without that awareness we're just going to be dropping off at each of these points because these are the points where you know like I said earlier that we're going to feel the most vulnerable and the most susceptible to returning back to self-protective mode and hiding away and keeping and just on the other side of it for anybody who runs a service it's really important to know these points and then to up the support that you're providing at these stages so this is what we do within quiet connections um like everybody who has just signed up to our course they're about to get lots and lots more information to help them to go through this freak out stage so they've literally just signed up this week is going to be the freak out stage over the next coming few days um yeah you know and then they're going to come up and they're going to do the thing and then as they're going through the course they're going to participate and then go into aftermath and then come back around going can I show up next week and eventually with that support building and going around this process several times they're going to get to the stage where actually they're not coming around the process. They're going, you know what? I've learned mm. that I can do this. And that's what we are trying to teach yes. ourselves is that we can show up and we can do this. And I think when we are socially anxious, we avoid so much that we don't learn that we can do these things. Um, and this is why we start feeling that like we've fallen behind with everybody else. And we look around and where everyone else is managing with ease, but they've done these Mm. things they've been round and round and done these things a lot more than we have a lot earlier than we have so we need to start we need to give ourselves that chance and like there's no safer place to do it than within the quiet connections community is that there's not there's not and um you know for example with me I I reached out to you when I was in that aftermath and was like spiraling yes yes so we we need that reassurance and that's one key way of getting through Mm. that shame spiral it's actually reaching out talking about the experience and it just allows you to let go of it and shame is something that just can't exist when it's out in the open when it's been spoken about 
Yes, it definitely breeds in the darkness, doesn't it? <laughs> and I, I just want to touch on another bit that you just said there about, you know, we have to go through this process a number of times to get to the other side of it. And I think I mentioned at the start that like the freak out is, and, and the aftermath is something that I experience a lot of, um, but that's because, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to do new things. <laughs> and there's a there's an awful lot of things that I do do now that, you know, I started off by going like cycling through that process a number of times. And now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm, I'm okay with it. So again, it's not like the aim here is never to eliminate these processes, you know, entirely from your life. You know, there's, there's always probably going to be situations in the future where you'll recognize it. Oh, like I'm going through that process again. (laughs) because this is new and it's a little bit scary and I'm unfamiliar with it and I've never done it before and you know and that that's just how we learn it's it is how we learn and how we grow but eventually with with everything you stick with it learn how to manage these processes you get to the other side I'm curious Stacey how many times do you imagine you cycled through this process with just the blue tits <laughs> with, with the blue tits <laughs> quite a few times um I haven't sat down and actually worked out a specific number but I've definitely definitely gone gone through the process um and interestingly it was with I would say different levels or, or layers of the things that I was feeling mm-hmm. scared about so it started off with just you know obviously showing up um and doing it for the very first time like actually getting in the sea being with new people um so I cycled through that a few times then after I almost like became a part of a group within the much larger group of the blue tits and we started forming our little group and it then reached the point of actually making genuine connections with people that brought on a whole nother level of anxiety another comfort zone stretch (laughs) and yes exactly and and another then process of cycling through um everything and again then I was having you know aftermath thoughts of like oh god these people you know once they get to know me they never they're not gonna like the old story (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and then you know going back to that consideration phase of like how long can I keep this up for like that there was yeah there was a definite sense of imposterism kind of coming up as well of like these people are gonna like get to know me and then realize that I'm not who they think I am not that I don't know who they think I am but (laughs) you know (laughs) just just you know those thoughts so then I had to cycle obviously through that and the shame of you know actually being vulnerable enough to allow people in and sit with the discomfort of forming new connections and forming new friendships um and then interesting actually I think we had a chat the other day within my group and somebody else mentioned how nice it was to like have formed like a like what feels like a proper little friendship group I was like oh like yeah it does and it was you know so that there are there are levels to to the process and you may find that as as you go through new experiences that actually other fears and insecurities might come up beneath like those those initial bits but yeah you go through the the process a number of times and then 
hopefully at the end realize that it's all actually okay and the more you keep showing up like you've just shared you find your tribe whether that's within yes. quiet connections whether that's the quieter people within the blue tits you know it's it's so lovely that we attract people who feel really good to us to be with mm. yeah absolutely and I think that's the other thing as well isn't it is recognizing that like you don't have to stick with people that you don't yeah. feel good around you can say no like, find your people yeah find your people like there have been people that I've met for um one or two swims before and that actually I I haven't gone back and swam with them again because I just didn't feel as comfortable around them as I did perhaps yeah. some other people so you know it's, it's knowing that it's, it's okay to you know spend you know place your energy in people that you feel like are lifting you up and that are accepting you yeah. for who you are and that's how that's how we Absolutely. make our connections I think we spend a lot of time in our life chasing the wrong yeah. people yeah and when mm. we stop chasing and start following our heart and doing the things that we really want to do those people naturally come mm. to us I have one more question for you Stacey okay how has the story about who you are that you tell yourself changed oh, that's a really nice question actually because I don't think I've asked myself that yet um so interesting that I don't think it has anything to do with swimming (laughs) it's um the most important thing that I feel that I've taken away from this new experience um because what I might like to add also is that for me this feels like it's been the biggest comfort zone stretch that I've done over the last few years outside of quiet connections you know this was like my first external I would say comfort zone stretch with with people that I didn't know if they were going to be accepting of you know quietness and being slightly quieter and and all those types of things so you literally did this one all by yourself yes (laughs) with with cutesy support still obviously (laughs) I still use that support even if I am a team member um so yeah I think the biggest thing that I've recognized about myself over the last month is that I actually feel a little bit embarrassed saying this but I'm a nice person and actually I can make really good connections with people and I can also help other people to feel welcome into things and that I think I'm a joy to be around. Oh that's beautiful (laughs) how does that how does that make you feel about your quietness? Good makes me feel good like I know that there there are strengths in that and we knew that Um, anyway but doing something like this just enhances it doesn't it it does it does because you know it it gives you just the real experience of of ex like really deeply I think accepting it and being like yeah do you know what it's it's all good (laughs) I don't have to change who I am (laughs) and interestingly actually what I've noticed though is that I'm feeling more courageous with other things slightly now as well so like I said like um you know just this month alone I've I think I've met more new people in the last month than I probably have over the last couple of years and you know just really embracing those opportunities to get to know more people get to know new people um 
And I must admit, I've been really utilizing everything that I've learned over the last few years, like asking questions, getting curious about other people. Someone actually the other day, and I took this as like quite a nice compliment, actually. Someone described me as like, you're quieter, but you've got some. Um. <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea what that means, but I like it. That's and nice. I'm taking it. <laughs> Do you want to sum up the key things that you want our listeners to take away today? I really want you to know that experiencing the ping pong ball phase, experiencing the freak out stage, experiencing the aftermath and going through those number of times are like, it's such a completely normal part of the process. Um, you know, I think, I think most people actually go through this, whether they're talking about it or not. Um, and just know that like you don't or like you can learn ways to get through them and to me I feel like that's the key thing here is it's not that you don't that that you can't move through these phases it's that you just don't know currently what strategies to use to help you get through those and you know because I didn't you know for years I didn't and I would just continue using my self-protective things and then just not yeah. do the things that I wanted to do um so it it is a learning process of giving your you know your mind and and your body different new ways to be able to respond in those situations so that when that happens you can go oh wait let me try something new right now and see if that helps and then yeah it does <laughs> So yeah, it's definitely about learning, giving yourself opportunity to learn those things, knowing that it's okay if it does happen. Um, and just, yeah, you're just far more capable of, of showing up in life and being yourself and connecting with other people than what you might imagine right now. And I was just thinking actually, Hayley, about the the applications that we've had come in so far for the socially anxious to quietly confident course and the letters that people have been writing to themselves have been so so beautiful to read because I keep looking at them and I'm like you already know that there are parts in you that already knows that you're worthy enough that you can do this that you have courage that you have strength that you're courageous like you already know those things that, that you have self-belief and you know those parts exist because those parts wrote yes. letters. <laughs> and this course is just about bringing those parts of you to the front and allowing those parts to lead and to hold the hands of the parts that feel scared I suppose I would just end on saying that it's time to change the story that you tell about yourself it really is look to role models who maybe have similar characteristics to you they might be quieter they might be more introverted and they're still up there doing things that are scaring them taking on these challenges and know that they are scared and self-doubting at times they're going through this process just the same as you but really give yourself the benefit of the doubt and take a chance on yourself you can do more than you think you can beautifully said we're really excited to see you in the socially anxious to quietly confident course 
hopefully this episode has helped you already to move through the freak out stage and we will be supporting you every step of the way you can find out more about the course at quietconnections.co.uk forward slash services 